Hey, I'm Koi, and thank you for listening to this episode of Tri Nerds. Just a heads up, I'm recording this in the middle of a thunderstorm, so I'm going to try and edit any thunder out of the background, but there might still be some. September 11th, 2001 is a day that most people in America and countries around the world will always remember. While there are many stories of heroes that day, there's one story that's been debated back and forth for several years. It's a story that's been investigated by police, a family, and a private investigator. But everyone came up with different possibilities for what happened. September 10th was the last day that she was seen. So did she die a hero in the Twin Towers? Or was the chaos going on in New York City that day the perfect time for her to walk away and start a completely new life? This is the story of Sneha and Philip. Sneha Philip was born October 7, 1969 in India. Her parents moved the family to New York where they lived in Albany. Sneha attended John Hopkins University and in 1995 she attended the Chicago School of Medicine to pursue a career as a doctor. While at the Chicago School of Medicine, Sneha met another medical student, Ron Lieberman. Sneha and Ron, they began dating and they clicked with more than just having dreams of being doctors. They were both very creative people. Ron was a musician and Sneha loved painting. Ron was a year behind Sneha in school and they really wanted to graduate together. So Sneha took a year off of school and she spent that year traveling around Italy. Then when she returned, she finished school and they graduated together. Once they graduated medical school, Sneha and Ron moved to a small apartment in the East Village of New York City. They were both able to get residencies at hospitals in New York Sneha's residency was at Cabrini Medical Center, which was pretty close to their apartment. In May of 2000, Ron and Sneha held a small ceremony where they were married. They then moved to a bigger apartment in Battery Park City, which is a community in Manhattan, New York, along the Hudson River, and just a few blocks from the World Trade Center. On September 10th, 2001, Sneha was off work for the day, and she had a court appearance early that morning, and we'll talk more about the court appearance in a bit. According to Ron, after the court appearance, her plan was to clean the apartment up because she was expecting a family member to come have dinner with them two nights later. She then had a conversation with her mom online, and in the conversation she told her mom that she was planning to visit the restaurant Windows on the World, and Windows on the World was a high-end restaurant at the top of the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Sneha was wanting to visit and see what it was like because she had a friend that was planning to get married there in a few months. Around midnight of September 10th, Ron returned home, but Sneha wasn't there, and he wasn't too concerned at the time because this had become a little bit normal for them. Sneha had recently been going out to bars where she would have drinks with friends and would end up crashing at someone's house. Ron went to bed and woke up at 6.30 in the morning on September 11th, 2001, and Sneha still wasn't home, so he left for work and feared he would talk to her later. 
At 8.46 on the morning of September 11th, the first plane flew into the North Tower of the World Trade Center, and chaos was underway. Not long after the first attack, another plane flew into the South Tower. Ron knew that he needed to get home to see if Sneha was there. After all, they lived just a few blocks from the World Trade Center. Ron caught a ride from an ambulance to drive to the apartment, but with how crazy everything was, it still took him six hours to get to the apartment. On the way, he tried calling the house phone several times. Most of the times, he wasn't even able to dial out because of how many people were trying to make phone calls in the area at the time. When he did get through, no one answered the home phone. When Ron finally made it to the apartment, he couldn't get inside. The doors to the building were electric and they were locked shut. So Ron went to a friend's apartment to stay the night. He continued to try and reach family members of Sneha to see if anyone had heard from her, but no one had. The next morning, Ron returned to the home. This time he was able to get inside. Miss Sneha still wasn't there and there were no signs that she had been there since he left the morning before. A window to the apartment was left open. A layer of dust from the collapse of the towers had covered the entire apartment. The only footprints that were in the apartment came from their cat. Ron reported Sneha missing with the NYPD, along with thousands of other people who were reporting family members missing. The same day, her brother John spoke to reporters at Ground Zero and said that he was on the phone with Sneha when the towers fell. She told him that she had to go help people, and that was the last he had heard from her. But John would later say that this conversation wasn't true and he made it up. He made the story up because he wanted to bring attention to Sneha's case, hoping that if there was this story of her being a hero running into the towers, that there would be more effort put into finding her and what happened with her. Now this is where things start going in different directions for police and Sneha's family. Because they were both investigating the same thing, but they came up with different answers. We're going to start with the family's investigation into Sneha's disappearance. But first, a few more details that led us to where we are now. I mentioned earlier that Sneha had a court appearance on September 10th. By this time, she was no longer working for the same hospital. According to the hospital, she was released because she was constantly late for work and that there had been alcohol-related issues. After she was fired, she went out drinking with some of her former co-workers. And according to Sneha, an intern had groped her that time and she filed a police report about it. The prosecutor who looked into this case, he claimed that they were able to prove that Sneha made up this incident and then they charged her with filing a false report, which is a misdemeanor crime in New York. Now, if the incident did occur or it's something that she made up to get back at other employees at the hospital, that's neither here nor there and I'm not going to go much further into that, but that's just why she had the court appearance on September 10th. Ron checked their credit card statements, and he learned that on the evening of the 10th, Sneha spent over $500 on shoes, bedsheets, and lingerie at a Century 21 clothing store. Ron talked to the clerk at the store who claimed that they remembered seeing Sneha that day, and that she was with another woman that was possibly Indian. Ron was able to see the security footage of the store, but he was only able to find her in the coat department browsing through clothes, and she appeared to be alone. 
By this time, Ron isn't really getting anywhere with the police. And that's not to say that Sneha missing wasn't serious, but they're also dealing with thousands of people who died and were still missing. So they had their hands full. And they couldn't help much at the time, so Ron hired a private investigator. And the private investigator found a video that he believed proved Sneha returned home on the morning of the 11th. The security camera in the lobby of their apartment building was timestamped at 8.43 in the morning, and it shows what appears to be a woman entering from the front door. Now, the sun was still low in the sky, and the way that it's shining in the building, it just makes the woman look like a silhouette, so you can't really see exactly who it is. Ron says that he believes that the woman was Seneha, because the hair and the dress that she was wearing look consistent to what he saw on the Century 21 video at the store the day before. So she walks in just three minutes before the first plane crash and she's standing in front of the elevator waiting for it to open for about a minute and then she turned around and walked out the front door. One can assume that she walked out because she heard the first plane crash. One thing that the woman in the video did not have in her hand was shopping bags and the things that she had bought at the Century 21 store they were never found in the apartment so she didn't come home and drop off her bags before she went out again think that she just spent $500 on clothes you would think that she would have had the bags with her coming back home the private investigator thought that when the towers fell maybe she decided to start a new life under a new identity so he went through her computer history but he didn't find anything that would lead him to believe that she was searching for answers on how to start a new life. In fact, in the apartment, she left her glasses, passport, driver's license, and all of her credit cards, except the one that she used at the store. Ron and the private investigator came to a conclusion. They said that Seneha was arriving home after her night out. She witnessed the tower's attack, and being that she was a doctor, she knew that she was able to help people. So she ran towards the towers and was killed in or around the towers collapsing. But when police did their investigation, they told a completely different story. Over the last few years, I've been writing a fictional book called One Moment, and it's now available on Amazon. It's based in St. Augustine, Florida, and it tells the story of Micah and Sarah. After spending six years in the army, Micah returned to his hometown. Returning home was never part of his plan, but after the physical, emotional, and mental stress from war, home was the best place for him. Sarah is beginning to put her life back together after escaping an abusive marriage. At 24 years old, she's a 911 dispatcher living in St. Augustine. While she is starting to heal, she crosses paths with Micah. Immediately, there is an undeniable connection between the two of them, and they know that they were put in each other's lives for a reason. When Sarah's jealous and abusive ex-husband finds out about the new relationship, he has to get involved himself. While this puts a strain on Sarah and Micah's relationship, dark secrets begin to come out, and they learn that maybe you never truly know someone, and sometimes the best and the worst things in life can all be traced back to one moment. One Moment's available now on Amazon. It's $9.99 for a paperback copy and $2.99 for an ebook. The Amazon link is in the show notes. 
And if you read it, I really hope you enjoy it, and please let me know what you think of it. several months after 9-11 before police were able to begin their investigation into Sneha's disappearance. When they did, they began finding things that just didn't make sense. Police found out that after she was fired, she was able to get another job with St. Vincent's Medical Center on Staten Island. But she started having similar problems there. Part of her conditional hire for St. Vincent's Hospital was that she had to see a substance abuse counselor, and she had already been suspended once for missing a meeting with the counselor. Police also learned that Sneha had been visiting gay and lesbian bars and would often go home with women that she met at these bars. Police said on one occasion, Sneha's brother came home and found Sneha in bed with his girlfriend. Ron, her brother John, and the rest of Sneha's family have said that police have either exaggerated or in some statements completely fabricated these things about her. For one, John said that he never caught his girlfriend in bed with Sneha. Ron said that she did frequent gay and lesbian bars, but said that she did it to avoid any situations like when the former co-worker groped her. He also said that she did go home with other women, sometimes even women that she didn't know, but he said that it wasn't for any sexual reasons. He said that Seneha would hang out with them, they would talk, listen to music, and paint. There was another report that said after the court appearance on the 10th, Sneha and Ron were in a heated argument in the courthouse, allegedly over Sneha having a drug and alcohol problem. But that's another thing that Ron said never happened. The police had two theories. One was that maybe she went out drinking the night of the 10th, she ended up going home with the wrong person, and they killed her. And it just happened to be the night before 9-11 happened. The other theory was this. Sneha and Ron were having marital problems. From being stressed and depressed from being fired and forced to see a substance abuse counselor with her new job, to dealing with this court case, where she very well may have been a victim, where prosecutors were making her look like a suspect. So what if? All of this is going on in her life. She goes home on the morning of the 11th. As she's waiting for the elevator door to open, she hears the first plane crash. She walked out of the building to see what was going on and sees all of this chaos around her. And she knew that this would be the perfect time to disappear. Sneha's shopping bags from Century 21, they weren't found in the apartment. And if that was her in the apartment lobby on video, they weren't in her hands. Which may mean that they were left at someone's house. And who that is, nobody really knows. Possibly the woman that was shopping with her, but that woman has never been identified, and no one can be certain if there ever even was another woman shopping with her. And there's one more theory worth mentioning. Sneha told her mother that she wanted to check out the restaurant Windows of the World. She didn't tell her exactly when she was going to go, but it's something she wanted to do. So there's a possibility that she was inside the restaurant at the time of the plane crash. Over 1,000 people are still unidentified casualties from 9-11, and Seneha's family is certain that she is one of them. After years of going back and forth, on January 31st, 2008, a judge ruled that Seneha most likely died trying to help people at the towers, 
and officially added Seneha's name to the list of victims. But there's one more thing. PostSecret.com is a website where you can anonymously post secrets. There was an anonymous postcard that showed a picture of the Twin Towers, and the caption said, Everyone who knew me before 9-11 believes I'm dead. There are over 2,000 comments on this post where people think that it may actually be Seneha and she started a new life. Others think that this is someone else playing a cruel joke. And honestly, we may never know. And this brings us to a conclusion of this episode. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, if you could leave a rating and review, that would really be amazing and it would help me and the show out a lot. So thank you for listening.